My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. And welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people that are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Eddie Gardner and Don Morrison. Right now, British Columbia, most of it not covered by any sort of treaty, is a hotbed of struggle between many indigenous nations defending their land, water, and sovereignty on the one side, and a range of colonial interests threatening all of those things on the other. On the ground, this looks like fighting pipelines, opposing mines, revitalizing culture, demanding justice for missing and murdered women, and much more. These struggles are happening in different places, rooted in different nations and cultures, and focused on different targets. There's a lot going on, all of it matters, and those of us who are settlers in this land should be doing whatever we can in support of all of its manifestations. Still, these many anti-colonial and decolonizing efforts aren't always as connected as they could be. So last fall, a group of indigenous people from several nations in what gets called BC got together at an event they called a Wild Salmon Convergence to talk about the many threats to the wild salmon of the West Coast and the many campaigns that though they may seem to be about other things on the surface, are, in significant part, about protecting the salmon. Every mine, every pipeline, every fish farm, every development, every pollutant can have consequences for the wild salmon. And the wild salmon are absolutely central to ecosystems, to cultures, to indigenous food systems and economies, and to the complex relational web that in indigenous worldviews encompass all of those things. At that convergence, planning began for a wild salmon caravan to travel during four days in mid-May over the distance from the headwaters to the sea, from Prince George to Vancouver, more or less, raising awareness about threats to the salmon, strengthening relationships between peoples, building coalitions, making plans, engaging in ceremony. The plan was to build unity across different nations, communities, struggles, and locations through the shared commitment to protecting the salmon, the waters in which they live, and the strength and sovereignty of the nations for whom wild salmon are so central. Eddie Gardner of the Stalo Nation has long been active in many different campaigns, including working against the damage done by fish farms to wild salmon. And Don Morrison of the Sohutmuk Nation is very active on issues of indigenous food sovereignty. Both were central to the wild salmon caravan, and they talk with me about what it involved, what it meant, and what they hope it helps to build. We spoke by Skype to phone from British Columbia. My name is Eddie Gardner. My Wilmot name is Caitlin Spath, it means singing bear, and I'm a member of the Squaw First Nation in Chilliwack, BC, here on Stalo. I'm also the coordinator for the farm salmon boycott movement. The reason why we want to boycott farm salmon is that the federal and provincial governments are continuing to support and encourage and promote ocean fish farms, which are destroying our wild salmon with their sea lice and their viruses and their uh, marine pollution. 
And the product that they uh, do produce is not very healthy at all. I am also quite involved with other campaigns to protect the sacred waters, and that involves, of course, mining and big oil. So that's a little bit about where I'm coming from. I'm also very, very happy to be involved with the work that Don is doing. I'm really honored to work with Eddie. My name is Don Morrison, and I am Sukhatma, also known to the settlers as the Shishwak people. As the Sukhatmuk, our name translates in the English language to the people of the land where the water flows from the highest mountains through the rivers on its way to the ocean. So our identity as Sukhatmuk, the way it's translated in the English language, is strongly linked to the rivers, to the salmon, to the water, and to the context of all the relationships with all the other indigenous tribes that are along the river as it flows to the ocean. I'm really honored with the Wild Salmon Caravan to have been able to been a part of revitalizing some of those relationships that have been eroded and fragmented throughout the process of colonization. And the Wild Salmon is a real gift and the water is a gift because it helps us to do that, to revitalize that, and to appreciate all the strength and the resiliency that comes through those relationships over many, many thousands of years. I'm also the chair and the founder of the BC Food Systems Network Working Group on Indigenous Food Sovereignty. Over the years, I've really appreciated the way that the food sovereignty and the salmon and the water provide really natural framework for us to work on community health and community development and Indigenous education. It just provides a really natural framework for us to come together as communities to look at how to overcome a lot of these serious issues from colonization and industrial exploitive activities that have really negatively impacted our health. Also having a way to overcome all the adversity associated with that. So just observing Eddie's work over a number of years and thinking about the mining issue in our traditional territory, the Wild Salmon Convergence my sister and I had come together to organize that as a way to really look at how to build and link all of the coalitions and all of the great campaigns that people are working on to save wild salmon from industrial harm. And how do we come together with a more powerful force to really have some stronger impact on all these issues? So the idea for the wild salmon caravan spawned from that convergence. The wild salmon they're a keystone species to British Columbia. For thousands and thousands of years, the First Nations people all along the river and the coast depended on wild salmon. We have a very spiritual, cultural, and physical relationship with the wild salmon. Even when you bring it to today's world with the newcomers, there is a wild salmon economy. It provides so much for the livelihoods of so many people. It is still a rich and vibrant economy, but it's suffering now because of so many industrial threats to our wild salmon. If we don't respond to them and give the pushback that is necessary, corporations and governments will have their way, and that would destroy the habitat of our wild salmon and other life forms. So what we looked at was wild salmon being at the center of this industrial storm that's looming over B.C., 
There's a number of campaigns that have been mounted to respond and try to prevent harm to the land, the water, the air, and the fish. We've been on these campaigns working separately. So when Don and Janice organized the Wild Salmon Convergence Meeting, it really impacted us in a very meaningful way. Don, she had in mind to bring people together from various campaigns like that and see how we can put our hearts and minds together. Everybody's saying the same thing. All these campaigns that really look and see wild salmon as something that is common to all of these efforts to protect what is life sustaining to us. If we put our efforts together more strategically, I think we stand a better chance of protecting what would really, really benefit not only the natural world and ourselves, but future generations as well. And the Wild Salmon Caravan, when we got together in October of 2014, it was decided that we would have the Wild Salmon Caravan move from the headwaters down to the big water, following the spirit of wild salmon because the smokes make their way down during that time. And so as we would move down, we would do a ceremony at the waters and have community dinners and bring people together to talk about the importance of wild salmon and what needs to be done to protect them. And as we move from community to community, way down to the big waters, we were able to open the hearts and minds of more people to the importance of saving wild salmon. And the way that the people did that was through the ceremonies, the storytelling, the songs, the dances, the poetry, the legends, and really waking up to what industry is doing. And for First Nations people, we are the people of the river. We consider wild salmon as our relatives. That's a very unique and special relationship. The First Nations people have what we call our Aboriginal rights and entitlements. We're title holders. Much of BC is unceded territory, and the Chilcotin decision laid down the principles and the law to corporations and governments. They must secure the consent of First Nation people before they embark on industrial activity that impacts our Aboriginal rights. We have an Aboriginal right to a fishery, so we're attempting to form a very powerful alliance with First Nations people along the coast, along the rivers, and all our allies because we're facing some formidable and powerful forces that are bent on pursuing these industrial activities that are harmful. We're not against industry that operates in cooperation and in partnership with the natural world. We're against those who just want to dominate and take, 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 take without giving anything back. There are values and worldviews and principles that we stand for as First Nations people when it comes to developing an economy. And more and more people we see in the dominant society are coming to realize, yes, we need to use renewable energy. We need to use clean energy technologies. We need to have regulations in place and safeguards in place so that it's in favor of what is life-sustaining to human beings and also to other beings. So that's where we're coming from when we take up an event like this. And the experience we had with the Wild Salmon Caravan was very invigorating, very inspirational, and it really created some powerful and strong bonds amongst people from all backgrounds who came together at all the different stopovers. Just building on that and recognizing how important the wild salmon are as a keystone species, I just think it's important that we always 
realize and remember how in Alaska to California, the Pacific Temperate Rainforest simply would not be what it is without wild salmon. So, yes, they are an important food for all of the 27 nations of indigenous peoples that inhabit the sea, but they also feed the bears, the wolves, the eagles, and all of the trees. And it's absolutely amazing how the spiritual, the physical, the power of this one species and the way it transfers energy to the entire system and the way it connects so many relationships in the ecosystem is quite amazing and quite beautiful. And yet, even with the onslaught of all of the harmful industrial activities, wild salmon still come back to offer themselves out of love, to give themselves to all these relationships. And they suffer when they need our help. And because we are so intimately related to salmon, the people without salmon, we experience high rate of food-related illnesses and huge disparities and gap in health and between indigenous peoples and non-indigenous peoples. And without salmon, we will perish. And we're seeing that. And the numbers in terms of health research show that. It's also really amazing when you look at our indigenous ways of knowing. You hear this beautiful oral tradition around salmon. And when you align that with the geological timeline of events on the river since the last ice age, you see all of the wisdom and the knowledge, the intense information that are encoded within our stories around salmon and how true that is to us and how the healing that's happening in our communities how we can realize the power of that and how we can look at salmon as a metaphor for strength and resiliency that will help us to transform a lot of this dark energy and put that intention to celebrating their spirit through the arts and culture. Because those of us who have been doing work for many years on issues of colonization and the impact of that, it's very overwhelming and it's very difficult sometimes. It's a struggle. And our people are strong, but we're also feeling any celebration, any transformation that can happen, I think is really, really awful. And I think this woman provide that for us. And there have been court cases, colonial laws and policies that have been established within the courts that give us our rights, or that affirm our rights, I should say. But they're still not implemented. And we're seeing that the corporations are taking control and the government themselves are changing laws, changing policies, and they're not recognizing even the laws that they themselves have created in past times. Well, the law planning caravan for me was really important because it's more about revitalizing the relationship and the responsibilities of the salmon as opposed to following this legal rights-based strategy that really was designed to dispossess us and that really, even with the best intentions laid out in some of the policies or laws that affirm our rights, they're still not being implemented or respected. So I really think that building a movement, building the relationship, and looking up to our responsibilities, but holding them in the sacred relationship that we have to one another, to the land, the plants, the animals, the salmon, the water. That, to me, is what is going to help us overcome all of these huge issues. 
I think we have way more power than what we realize. And I think that the Islamic help us to remember and help us to revitalize those teachings in those relationships. My uncle Mike Ernest and Chief Daryl Bob, I heard the message from them loud and clear that we need to focus. There's so many issues and we're all off in different directions doing really great work, but we need to focus our intention, even though we may not be physically working together in the same community with the office, we can also focus our intention and the things like that's where our power lies. And when it comes to water and when it comes to climate, that is probably some of the most profound basic needs we have. I really also appreciate the balance of the male and the female and the way that our relationship is like that intention as well. And so when Eddie and I formed this team, I just thought, wow, this has got such great balance. And in my community, Sukhothmas women traditionally were named following the theme of water. In our language, the word for water is Sarkwa. Well, the woman's name would always end in Kwa, which is water. The water is extremely significant for women and for females in the Sukhothmas way. They're always quite a conscious of and remember their teachings and linking that to, to the work that's happening in a way that will be a power to the people. Thank you very much, Don, for pointing that out. We heard the women sing right from the headwaters, very, very powerful, all the way down the river. And then when we got to the big ocean, we ended the caravan with the women's warrior song. And the women kind of symbolize what is missing when it comes to an economy that is based on patriarchal values and worldviews. When we look at the world economy and what it's based on, it's based on patriarchy and the values that come out of that is more about domination and growth forever, especially in a finite world that we're in, with disregard to giving back, just taking, 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 rather than domination and controlling and not giving back. I think we have to give back. And there are ways that we can do that. We can have a much stronger economy based on those important values of cooperating and partnering. And that would be of greater benefit to uh, not only the humans, but the natural world. The boom and bust that we see with the global economy right now is just long-headed. So that must change. And it takes a lot of work to uh, kind of take a turn and move in a, in a direction that is much better economically and politically and socially. But we're doing it. More and more people are coming on board. I think there needs to be a greater integration of that nurturing spirit, that spirit of cooperation and building uh, positive relationships, not only amongst humans, but also with the natural world. Very, very important connection to Mother Earth. I'm so happy more people are waking up to that. The Lex Kualam First Nation around Prince Rupert, they symbolize the importance of our wealth, our true wealth, the clean waters that support a rich seafood source and clean air and ecosystems. The Lex Kualam First Nation turned down $1.15 billion because they felt that fracking in their territory would destroy the wealth that they have. So the, as the Wild Salmon Caravan moved down the river and we heard about this, we celebrated that and we voiced our solidarity with those beautiful people. Don and I agreed with our working group 
that we would accept no money from corporations or government. This is a people's movement. And we didn't raise a lot of money to support the caravan, but the in-kind support and the willingness of people to step forward and travel with the caravan and bring their strength to this movement, bring their wisdom. People stepping forward, offering up sound systems, People stepping forward and saying, we will host a community dinner. Drummers and singers, poets, and just lots of people taking care of not only the logistics, but also their respect and values and worldviews that are needed to cultivate and move things in a better direction. The people power was just absolutely amazing, uplifting, very, very, very invigorating. And so... That's just a little bit of the energy and the spirit of the Wild Salmon Caravan. We were just on an all-time high by the time we finished getting down to Sunset Beach, where we did ceremony at the water and celebrated what we accomplished all the way down. And what I feel optimistic about is that we have a lot to work with now. We have the support of so many people from all different backgrounds all the way down the river to continue to foster those healthy, good relationships and strong commitments to continue to protect what sustains us all. And that is the sacred waters, our wild salmon, the air and the land and the rooted ones and all the other life forms. All very important. And we can do this and have a healthy economy based on clean energy technologies rather than finite fossil fuels. Could I add something to that? Please do. Okay. So... For me, the Wild Salmon Caravan was really significant and powerful because of what Eddie was talking about, how it was funded based on in-kind contributions. And for me, that affirmed the power of our traditional giving economy. I agree that, you know, we need clean energy and that we need to take a turn in this road that we've been traveling that's so unsustainable and that clean energy is a part of that. But I fear that the clean energy economy that's still very much based on capitalism is still going to be very exploited in the end. That's still going to be very unsustainable. So when I think about changing and change, the model of economy needs to change as well. Capitalism and exploitation, large-scale exploitation, it doesn't matter what kind of energy it is, it's, it's a trap because it's going to be exploited and it is finite. But a giving economy, which is when you look at the wild salmon, how they give of themselves, and then you experience all the giving that happens in all of the communities that we travel to on the caravan, it is so, so beautiful. Rather than taking, 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 it's what can we give back? What does the salmon give to us? How do we give back in a reciprocal relationship? And so that's what we witnessed on the caravan. People were saying they're giving spiritual offerings, and the spirituality is really, I think, key, because for us as indigenous peoples, our economy, we recognize, begins with the unseen world and with the offerings we make to the spirit world. When that protocol has been observed, everything else seems to fall into place beautifully. And the salmon control the hunt. They know when we're singing our songs. They hear the songs. It's like, imagine the rippling on the water. 
The sound, space, and energy, our songs, our drumming, our words, our stories, they create a ripple on the water and a sound vibration that the salmon are very, very sensitive to. And we know how to travel all the way out to the ocean and come back to the exact same spawning grounds they were born. That's how sensitive they are. So because they know us, they know our songs, our drumming, they come back to us as well. So those spiritual offerings that we were doing at the river and the songs and the ceremonies, that's the beginning of our economy. And it always has been. And the giving economy, I know, is really being appreciated in not just Indigenous communities, but we're seeing it happen in a growing number of cooperatives that are being developed in small-scale community-based economies. I went on to, there's a credit union in East Vancouver on Commercial Drive. It's called the Community Congress of Economic Cooperatives. And if you go onto their website, you'll see the huge growing number of co-ops that are popping up around Vancouver. And I'm aware that that's also happening in other places all around the world. That's very much the giving economy. And if you look at the language that people are using, to start to talk about a new kind of economy. There's this whole beautiful language that's happening around that. So I think the caravan was really, really a good demonstration of that kind of a living economy that really is what our traditional economy always has been. So everybody went away with some really, really, really good feelings. Very, very strong bonds were formed and our commitment, our resolve to continue the work was just consolidated, and it was just so, so good. What a wonderful, great experience it was. I hope that Don and I and others can do something to celebrate our wild salmon when they go back up the river in October to spawn, to complete their sacred cycles. So, Don, uh, let's work on something like that. Maybe up in the headwaters we could do an event up there of some kind. Well, we have a commitment from a new band consort, Adam Boat Indian Band, Greg Whitsky. He traveled the whole caravan from Sarah and he was on the front lines. And he's committed to helping to plan an event in case in the fall. Maybe that can be our second annual convergence. And I would like to propose that that convergence bring back the same people together and we can strategize for our caravan for next year. That's my proposal, and I'm, I'm willing to help with that. Well, that's now public. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. You have been listening to my interview with Eddie Gardner of the Stalo Nation and Don Morrison of the Sohwetmuk Nation. They've been talking with me about the recent Wild Salmon Caravan. To learn more about it, enter Wild Salmon Caravan into your favorite search engine. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to make suggestions about topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link marked radio. That's talkingradical.ca. I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Sudbury, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thanks.